This is the Love Your Mom Life podcast, where we get real about getting out of your motherhood rut and creating a mom life you love. I'm your host, Nikki Odin, and I know a lot about what it's like to not love your mom life. Being a mom is hard, and being a mom with goals and dreams is even harder. Over the years, I've spent a whole lot of time on the hot mess express trying to harmonize motherhood with everything else I want out of life. But eventually, I figured it out, sort of. You can create a mom life you absolutely love. So come on, let's do this thing together. Before we dive in, this is my cute little reminder to please hit that subscribe button. Be sure to follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, be sure to visit the blog at youridealmomlife.com for real life solutions to help you take back your time and love your mom life again. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast. All right, y'all, raise your hand if you would like to parent with sanity and joy. Um, Yeah, I do. Well, today's guest is an expert on how to do that, and she's going to give us some tangible tips from reducing sibling rivalry to not being the homework, screen time, food, sleep warden. We're going to learn today about the importance of the process versus results, and I cannot wait to dive in. Before we do, though, I just want to remind you that some of the best ways to support this show are to, one, make sure you're officially subscribed or following. So go ahead and take a second to hit that plus or checkmark button in your podcast app. And two, leave a rating and a review. And if you like this episode, please share it with a mom you love. We're all about mom supporting moms here at the Love Your Mom Life podcast. And the stuff we're talking about today needs to be heard by other mamas. And hey, want to be friends? Well, all you have to do is follow me on Instagram. My handle is super easy to remember, Nikki Odin, and I personally manage that account. So I see every single like, comment, and DM. Go follow me. Let's connect. Last thing before we dive in. I just want to say thank you for the outpouring of love and support around my new book, but definitely wear mascara. From reviews that say you can't put it down to comments that this book is a must read, I am completely overwhelmed and humbled by how well it's doing and how much you love it. And in case you still haven't grabbed your copy, the link is in the show notes. This book is a collection of my love letters to all the working mamas out there like you who are trying to make their mark on the world while being the best moms they can be. And you know it's easy to read. Of course, I made it easy to read. I know how busy you are. The chapters are really short, and you don't even have to read them in order. But if you're one of those mamas who still wants a sneak peek before she commits, you can go ahead and download a free chapter at youridealmomlife.com slash free chapter. And now, let's meet our guest. As an experienced mother of two young adults, today's guest knows how stressful and overwhelming parenting can be at times. 
She founded The Parenting Mentor to provide an ally for parents in their quest to raise confident and resilient children. She's the author of Parenting with Sanity and Joy, 101 Simple Strategies, is the host of the Parenting Mentor Sessions podcast, and is a certified positive disciplined parent educator. She's also the creator of The Clear Method of Parenting, developed through years of trial and her fair share of errors with her own family. CLEAR, which is C-L-E-A-R-R, adheres to the belief that parenting strategies should be grounded in six important pillars, communication, love, empathy, awareness, rules, and respect, which of course spells CLEAR. This has become the cornerstone of her practice as the parenting mentor. A graduate of the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania and a former advertising executive, today's guest is a frequent guest expert on ABC. CBS, NBC, and Fox, to name a few, and provides advice for many national publications and websites such as the Wall Street Journal, Parents, RealSimpleToday.com, HuffPost, and Katie Couric Media. She resides in New York City and Bedford, New York with her husband and, when she's lucky, with her children. Connect with her on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at The Parenting Mentor, or visit her website, TheParentingMentor.com. I'm thrilled she's here with us today. Welcome to the show, Sue Groner. Thank you so much. Oh, it's so great to have you here. And I love this whole idea of parenting with sanity and joy. That sounds great. Sign me up. (laughs) Where do we start with that? Yeah, parenting with sanity. It's what everybody wants. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be amazing every day. It just has to feel good. Right. You know, just has to feel like we're doing our job in a healthy, easygoing sort of way. So for moms who are listening, who are admitting to themselves right now, you know what? I don't feel like I have sanity in my mom life. I don't feel like I have joy. Where do they begin? Um, I mean, you really can start in a lot of different places, but I, I first like to start with perspective. I think it's really important and it, it it just provides this kind of big shift. I feel like, especially for working moms, where probably a lot of your listeners may even have their own businesses, very type A, mm-hmm. we kind of go into this place of parenting as an 18-year engineering project. <laughs> and like you, chuckling, that's everyone's response because that's sort of where we go. Yeah. Kind of what we think is our job. And that starts a sort of a negative cycle because you can't engineer a human being. Right. You can try, but when you try and it doesn't work, there's disappointment, there's conflict, there's frustration between you and the individual that you are trying to engineer. Right. So I like to think of parenting rather than my kid needs to excel at this and perform this way on the stage or on the field or have certain grades or sit nicely at the table at three years old or whatever the things are, be potty trained by such and such a day, you know, that instead of all of that, that we said, what's really important? Mm-hmm. And to me, really important is helping our children develop resilience yes, and self-reliance. 
And to do that, they need to develop problem-solving skills and coping mechanisms. And so if we can help them do that, we're going to be ahead of the game because then our ki- we don't have to deal with every problem that comes our children's way. I think right. so much of the stress comes from feeling this need to fix everything, right? Every uncomfortable emotion our kids have, disappointment, frustration, sadness, worry, anger, whatever they are, they're not bad feelings. They're Mm -hmm. uncomfortable feelings. I don't like them either. But I've had enough experience with them that I know like, it will pass. I will be able to deal with it. That's kind of the message we want to send our kids. And we want to guide them to learn that they can handle whatever it is that happens in their lives. And so instead of the need to fix, which is stressful, mm-hmm. can interrupt our day, causes conflict with our children, we think, oh, Look at that. This is an opportunity for my child to develop some coping mechanisms. Right. To become resilient. They forget something important that they need for school, which maybe you told them to put in their backpack 20 times this morning. But now you see this and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to get that to school. And you're you're not so happy about it either because- right. You told them 20 times. Full day, whatever the thing is. But gosh, under your watch, God forbid your child doesn't have their cleats or their clarinet or their homework or their lunch, right? Yeah, it's so true. And and changing that perspective from trying to fix everything, which is stressful, to all right, this is an opportunity for them to learn a lesson, to develop a coping mechanism or skill. That skill, it is a huge shift. And I was just having this conversation earlier today about smoothing out all the bumps in the road for your kids. You're actually doing them a disservice. And I know it's painful to think about your kid without her cleats or without his lunch, but I'll tell you what, they'll never forget them again if you let that happen. They might forget them again. You know, it might take a few times before they actually remember. But the thing is, when you look at that item... Say to yourself, if I bring this to school, am I truly helping my child? Mm -hmm. You know, you may be fixing a momentary issue, but in the long run, you're not. Like you said, you're doing your child a disservice. And so now I wouldn't just do this in a surprise situation. Have a conversation with your kids and say, hey, you know what? I, I, you know, you're going to forget things. I notice you, you know, every once in a while and I'm getting out of the rescue business. And so I love that. You know, I know that you can handle this. Yeah. Getting out of the rescue business is a very good phrase to remember. Um, so once a quarter, I'm happy to bring you something if I can, something you forget, but only once a quarter. So use it wisely. Yeah, right? I love that intention. You're saying, hey, I'm here though to help. I notice that you forget things. 
And I noticed that I'm constantly nagging you every morning and you probably hate that. And I don't like nagging you either. I don't want to have to do that. So I'm going to stop doing that and I'll work with you to help you find the thing, the way, the skill that you can use to remember whatever it is, whether it's something you need to bring every day or something once a week. And then you sit down and say, let's come up with some ideas. Now you're introducing the concept of brainstorming. Right. Which is great. Yes. Then you're like, okay, let's look at this. Take a look at this list. What do you want to try first? Right? Now, it may not work. That's okay. Now, this is this concept of trial and error. Right. The thing I love about trial and error is that there's no judgment. Trial and error assumes that there will be, that it's not going to work the first time, or maybe the second or third or fourth or fifth. But what you're doing, this process, is teaching your kids an amazing life skill. 100%. How to fit, you know, A, how to problem solve, and B, how to remember something. Yes. And now- The basic life skill. Fighting with them. There's, you're not angry at them or frustrated. And, you know, when they come home and they say, oh, I forgot my cleats. Why didn't you bring them to school? Say, yeah, I noticed that. Remember, we had that conversation. Remember, maybe you forgot that I don't bring you your stuff anymore. What did you do? And then they'll tell you that I, you know, maybe they'll say, you know, I was able to borrow someone else's. They had two pairs. Awesome. That's awesome. And that's all you say. Maybe they said, I wasn't allowed to practice. Mm. And then you say, oh, what a bummer. That must have been really hard to sit there and not be able to practice. And they're going to say, yeah, it was. And then you stop the conversation. You don't need to add, well, Bet you won't forget those cleats again. Really? Like or, I told you. <laughs> told you a hundred times to bring them. Or, you know, well, this technique's not working out. Or, you know, if we don't need to. Then, then you're like sticking the knife in and turning it. Mm-hmm. You know, all we're doing is saying we're validating how they feel. Like, yeah, you forgot something and you couldn't practice. That stinks. Yeah. You know, and I get it. And I get that's how you feel. And I'm making the emotional connection with you. And I'm showing you that I get it and I love you. Come here, honey. You can see that was really, let me give you a big hug. Right. Give you a hug. Can I get you a snack? Just be loving and supportive. No judgment. No, <clears throat> you know, that kind of like, well, haha, you know, like we may want to say, think it if you have to. But know that this, all of a sudden you start getting into this rhythm and now you're not stressed out anymore. Yeah, exactly. You're not stressed out anymore. It's like if your husband were to forget something, you don't take responsibility for that. And if he asks you to help him, you help him. But like, yeah, teaching them that skill of, of, of taking that responsibility. Through this process. Mm -hmm. And we're not saying anything negative. We're not blaming. We're not saying it's their fault or, you know, sometimes your kid's going to come home from school and they're going to say, oh, my teacher was so mean to me today. And what do we want to say? 
Well, what'd you do? Right? Mm-hmm. We automatically assume it's our child's fault. But we can say, you know, you can say what happened or you can say, oh, that must have really made you feel badly. You know, I can see that bothered you. Come here, let me give you a hug. You don't need to know the details. Chances are that they did do something. Right. <laughs> But they know what they did. We don't need to know. We need to know that they're smart enough to figure that out, which they are. And we need to give them, now we're going to go to the clear method. We need to give them enough respect to let them know that we know. And by not making even a loving suggestion, we're showing them that we respect them enough to figure it out for themselves. Unless they ask, we don't need to offer it up. And, you know, it comes from a loving place. We have more experience. We know exactly what happened. We want to solve it. We have to bite our tongues because, yes, it's really hard not to say, well, you know, when you go in tomorrow, why don't you da-da-da-da-da? They don't want to hear that. Hmm. Just like we don't want to hear it. We had a bad day and we tell our partner, oh, my God, this happened and that happened and, you know, Whatever the situation is, and they start saying, well, why didn't you do blah, blah, blah? Or you should have said this. We don't hear that. No, it's so true. We want to hear, oh, honey, so sorry that you had such a crappy day. Come here. Let me give you a hug. That's what we want. Let me pour you a glass of wine. Exactly. I, You know, my husband and I actually went through this uh, several years ago, and I made him watch this YouTube video called It's Not About the Nail. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but yes, <laughs> this woman has a nail stuck in her head, yes. and she's so upset about it, and she just wants her husband to be there for her, and he wants to pull the nail out of her head. And so I made him watch that with me, and he was like, I feel like people have been spying on us and listening to our conversations, and they made a like a video out of it. But now, like when I come home, if I'm upset about something, he asks me, like, what do you need? Do you want me to give you suggestions or do you want me to just listen? And I, so I've never thought about doing that with my own kids. I always just try to give them what they need versus being like, or what okay, do you want they- mommy to, to listen or, you know, do you just need a hug or do you, do you want to talk about ways, you know, ways to what we would do next time or how we should proceed or whatever. I've never thought about doing I mean, that with sometimes them. We don't even need to ask them. Maybe we just offer the hug and the valid and validate how they're feeling. Yeah, that's That's important. really important because we're always jumping in to fix those feelings. It's uncomfortable for us when our kids are uncomfortable. Yeah. And we internalize it. We need to know that it's good for our kids to have those feelings. Mm -hmm. And then we won't feel comfortable about uncomfortable about it. And so if your kid is upset about something that happened, yeah, I don't blame you for feeling that way. That is a normal healthy human emotion. I have it. You have it. We all have them. And the more we normalize those feelings for our kids, the more we show them that we also have those feelings. Like so many moms are like, so they don't want to show our, show their kids how they're feeling if they're not happy, Mm -hmm. you know, it's okay to show them that what we're modeling for them, that, this is okay and that we will get through it and yep. that we do get through it. And then they're like, oh, well, if adults have it, if my parent feels this way, then that's okay. Then, you know, when I have it, I'm going to remember that. And you can even say, yeah, 
I see why you're so frustrated. I get frustrated when this happens. Remember the other day, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I am a big proponent of experiencing your emotions. And I, I do talk about there being a time and a place, right? I'm not going to go in the middle of the library berserk, but when I'm upset about something, I, I let my kids know that I'm, I'm upset about this or w- whatever happened and I'm just kind of dealing with it. And I always tell them, you know, if you're angry, it's okay to be angry. If you're sad or frustrated, that's always okay. And if you need to experience it, just make sure you don't hurt yourself, hurt anybody else or destroy anything in this house. And sometimes yeah. it's just like go into the bedroom and scream into a pillow kind of thing. And I just want them to know it's okay to have those emotions. Yeah, it's always the emotions are fine. It's how you express them, like you said, Mm -hmm. which you need some boundaries around. Right. How often do you say to yourself, I love my mom life? A lot, hopefully. But if sometimes you sort of feel like motherhood is one long ride on the hot mess express, you're not alone. As a mom, you have the best intentions of getting your to-do list, your goals, and you know, your life in order. And sometimes you kind of do, but then a small human asks you repeatedly for a snack and you completely lose track of what you are doing. Sound familiar? Our mission at Your Ideal Mom Life is to help moms take back their time and get more of what they want. And we have a fun and simple and free way to help you make that happen. It's called the Mom Life Challenge. During this challenge, you'll learn how to create a mom life you absolutely love. In three days, you'll jumpstart the habits you need to organize your life and your schedule. Translation, less mom fails, more winning. And did I mention it's free? Visit us at youridealmomlife.com slash momlifechallenge and join thousands of other moms who are taking back their time and loving their mom life again. So when we talk about sanity, I will tell you that the sibling rivalry in my household drives me insane. (laughs) And so does the whole screen time thing. So what are your tips for that? Sibling rivalry. How old are your kids? They're nine and ten and a half, 17 months apart. And same sex, different sex? No, my son. So my son's the younger one. My daughter's okay. firstborn. Okay. And nine and ten and a half means that you really don't need to be involved. Um, the root of sibling rivalry is to see who mom loves more. And usually, I mean, I don't, I'm sure that there are probably some patterns around the sibling rivalry. One may be more of the instigator. One may be more reactive. Um, And the more we get involved in playing referee, the more we kind of promote that pattern Hmm. and condone that pattern in a way. Oh, look, mommy's coming to the rescue of him again. So every time he does something to bother me and I get mad and I hurt him because that's what I'm doing, you know, then he comes running to mom and mommy, you know, gives him lots of love and gets mad at me. But who? I get mad at both of them. I will say. Who initiated this? 
right? The one who knows how to get his sister mm-hmm. pissed off. Right. She gets reactive. And then he comes and runs to mom. And so, oh, this is cool. I always get, this is how I can always get love from mom. And the older child is like, see, she loves him more than me. And so, and even just getting mad at both of them obviously hasn't been getting you anywhere because it's driving no, you. No, and it drives me. I tell them, I'm like, this is, this is what makes mommy so upset is that when you guys fight, it drives me insane. Yeah. And you know what? I get it because I never like listening to my kids do it either. There are a couple of things you can do. Okay. The, the number one thing is when one of them comes to you, you say, oh, okay. I, I know you guys can work it out. Work it out. No emotion. Okay. Right? Like this can't be a something where they're now getting you involved in the whole emotional piece of it. And there's some, they have power in that if they can do it, right? Number two, if it's bothering you and it's in the room with you and you hear it and you see it, ask them to go in another room. Hey guys, time out, time out for one minute. If you need to continue this, please go in another room and close the door. Okay. And that does a lot. First of all, that just is a little bit of a reset for them. Right. You know, then they're going to go another room and they don't even know what to say anymore. (laughs) Probably true. Or if they need to do it, just go in another room. You guys can figure this out yourselves. I know you can. Again, not get in another room. I don't want to hear this. Right. Guys, can you please take this somewhere else? If you're in the car. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Has that happened to you? (laughs) Once or twice. Yeah. If you're in the car, pull over. Oh, okay. Pull over and just say, hey, guys, I don't want to listen to this. I'm getting out of the car. You have five minutes. Figure this out in five minutes. Wow. Just calmly. And they're going to be like, oh, wow. Okay. They're not going to. powerful. Yeah. And it's like, now you're done. You don't have to be involved. You don't have to listen to it. Mm -hmm. I love that. And now you're seeing mommy again. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the, so the, the screen time thing also. Okay. So the screen time thing, the first thing I ask any parent who says that to me is what are your rules around this, around screen time? So, so do you have rules around this? The rules are during the weekday. Homework has to get done first and then really no more than an hour. But then I have to monitor it. Right. Okay. So you don't want to monitor it, do you? I don't. No. No, because that's being the screen time warden. Exactly. And and being the warden, whether it's homework or screen time or food or sleep or any of that, is a really crappy job. Yeah, it's and really not fun. We somehow feel like it's our job to be that warden and it's not. It's our job to teach our kids how to be their own wardens. Right? So Mm -hmm. you sit down and you have a nice conversation about this. Hey, you know what? I'm sure you hate, just like with the forgetting things, you know, I don't want to have to keep being, I don't want to be your timekeeper, right? Right. I don't need to do that. 
you guys are totally capable of learning to do this yourselves. And if you have the ability to be on a screen and play games or video games or whatever it is, then you have the ability to learn to monitor your own time. So let's work on that. Okay. And then again, you sit down and you come up with a list of ways that might work and might not work. Right. And you can throw in some silly ones. So they get the idea that no idea is stupid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no judgment and brainstorming either. Like, so add those and they'll say, Oh mom. And you can go, well, you never know. Right. Um, so, and then let them try. Say, what one do you want to, what do you want to try first? And then let's try that for a week and then let's meet and talk about it, you know, and see how it's going. And so this again becomes this process. And again, you're teaching them this unbelievable skill of time management. Yeah. I love the intention with it. And now you're not going to get angry. You know, what you have to do, and this can be hard, is really try not to say anything. Chances are they're going to go over their time. Right. You know, and here's a newsflash that if your kid's on their screen for 10 or 15 minutes more than the allotted time, it will not make a difference in their life. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh my God, they have to get off like right now. For some reason, we think that there really will, something will really bad happen to, something bad will really happen to them. And it won't. Okay. And this is, again, just remind yourself, it's really not that big a deal. What we're doing here is so much bigger and so much more important than that extra little bit of time. But what's going to happen is you're going to say, well, you know, how did it go? Well, I was a little, I took a little longer, this or that. And, you know, because I was in the middle of a game and I really, I had to finish that game. Mm -hmm. So then you talk about, okay, well, how do you avoid being in the middle of a game if you've got an hour? You know, and maybe they say, well, I probably should set my alarm earlier. I should set a timer sooner and see, do I have time to play a whole nother round of this? Maybe I'm going to just spend five minutes doing something else. Maybe I'm going to just stop. Right. You know, and, and this, they'll learn this over time. So again, it's like incredibly respectful. You have rules around it. You're talking to them in this loving, kind way. You're so on their team. You're not getting angry or frustrated because you've yelled down to them to get it off their screen to stop playing the game and you're getting angrier and angrier. This all goes away. Yes, I love it. I love that. I just, I guess I've never thought about just having this kind of an intelligent, intentional conversation with my kiddos. And I'm totally, totally going to try this. And you know why? It's because we're engineers and engineers right, yeah, don't you're have right. to do that. The perspective. Absolutely. Well, this has been amazing. These tips have been so helpful. And I'm sure that your book, Parenting with Sanity and Joy, is full of them, right? 101 Simple Strategies. Yeah. And you know what? It's, uh, you know, when I was raising kids when they were younger, my kids are now 25 and 23. I mentioned that. So I've had a lot of experience right, um, right. and learned a lot. Um, when I would read these books and 
if I miss something, I would feel so badly. Like I was a really awful mom and that I'd already, you know, started screwing up my kids. <laughs> I wrote a book that wouldn't, and nobody would feel that way. It's just totally non-judgmental. Oh, that's awesome. Tips, you know, I say in the intro, if something resonates with you, try it. If it doesn't, go to something else. It's also the kind of book that, you know, when your kids are, you know, two and four, it will resonate in one way. And when they're eight and 10, it's going to resonate another. And when they're 12 and 14, it's going to resonate another. So, you know, it's the kind of thing you can pick up occasionally and just read a tip or two and say, oh yeah, that makes sense to me now, or I'm going to, I forgot about that. I'm going to, this is a good reminder to start doing that again. That's great. I love that. Well, I will definitely have a link to the book in our show notes and of course a link to the podcast, the parenting mentor sessions. And I know that I am going to be putting some new hacks to work with my kiddos. Thank you again for being here. You're so welcome. This was fun. Well, that wraps up our conversation with Sue Groner. I know you took a ton of value from it and I can't wait to hear what you're going to start implementing with your kids first. We'll see you next time on the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you took something of value from it. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone you love. And it would mean the world if you would leave a rating or a review. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Your Ideal Mom Life on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I can't wait to be with you in the next episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast.